Hello. Well, this is the September podcast and we're running a little bit late. I'd actually already recorded this podcast, but when I had a bit of a listen back, I didn't really like the format format that much. Um, it's a case of, you know, my high standards and uh, what's, the, what's the term I'm looking for? A bit of a perfectionist. And it didn't come across as well as I'd like. So I thought I would have another bash at recording it. Um, this podcast is going to be discussing the Scotland trip that I had in the middle of September. I had a week up at Fort William. And just to give you an idea of where Fort William is, it's about the halfway mark between where I live in Newcastle and the Isle of Skye. I've gone through Fort William on many different occasions, uh, travelling up to the Isle of Skye. Never actually stopped there long term. Um, I've had a, you know, a stop overnight nearby, but, you know, it's a fantastic part of Scotland and there's Ben Nevis nearby. There's Glenfinnan, which is where Bonnie Prince Charlie met the Jacobite his Jacobite army in 1745 um, and a little bit further out there's Malague which is a name that's sort of crept up in previous uh, trips up to Scotland so I thought the best thing I could do is pick two images that I took during that week and just sort of mention some of the background and these images can be found on my Instagram page so if you want to have a look at them, then by all means, have a look at uh, the Instagram page and you'll uh, you'll be able to find them. They're in the three most recent images. And in fact, there's another another images, another image that I will actually mention uh, that is there. So there's three in a row all next to each other and you can have a look at them on the Instagram page and I'll give uh, links and things in the usual places. So, um, what can I say about uh, Fort William? Well, it's a fantastic place. Um, like I say, I've stopped there on a few occasions. The last time um, I was there, apart from this year, was in 2015. And it was absolutely throwing it down with rain there. It's got a lot of outdoor shops, which I always like anyway. And I usually tend to end up buying something there. But it's it's also just a good place to sort of stop and recharge your batteries if you're if you're driving up, and I think to a certain extent that does it a bit of an injustice because there is a lot more to it than that. Um, but it's a great place to base you base yourself uh, from for the week, and sadly it was only a week up in Scotland due to the coronavirus situation the idea was was to go up there and have a socially distant holiday and I think managed to do that um, I went up there with my my sister and my dad and my sister had managed to find a great holiday cottage um, I mean she's great at finding the, these things she's great at finding great places with great views and just she just likes somewhere to recharge her, her batteries. Um, and, yeah, it's, it was... The house overlooked a fantastic view of Ben Nevis. You literally looked out the kitchen window over the toaster and, hey, presto, 
you got Ben Nevis there. It was an amazing view. And actually, I think over the week it had a little bit of an effect on me. It was almost as though the mountain was sort of like taunting me. And I'll mention about what happened about me and the mountain a little bit later. So the first picture I'm going to to feature, there's two from Malague. There's uh, and then there's a, the third one that I'll that I'll mention a little bit later. So, like I say, there's three images altogether. We might as well be greedy for this podcast. So the first image that I'm going to to mention is there's a photograph on Instagram, and it's I'm just opening it up now, and it's. Uh, travel and leaving the ferry port at Malague, Scotland. Now this is Malague Harbour. Malague is the destination for people going to Sky who want to use ferry. You go from Malague to Armadale. Now Armadale is somewhere that I'm very familiar with. Uh, over the past few years, I've visited armadale on uh, numerous occasions and always there was malague it was this name that was in the distant through the mist across the water where the ferry was heading to and it was heading to this place malague and i finally got to see it now it's actually not what i would call a holiday destination in the sense of it's a port and it's a ferry port and most ferry ports are very fascinating places, but they are not really... They're, they're working ports rather than... Um, rather than pretty tourist ports, if you know what I mean. They're, their purpose is, is to get people to certain places. In this case, it's Sky. And I was having a wander around the harbour, which I usually do with a camera, because I, I really love wandering around harbours with fishing boats and f- boats heading out. I love the whole coast thing, the sea, the smells, um, fishing boats, fishermen, you know, the whole thing, the ferry coming in. And as I was walking along, there was this guy carrying this massive backpack and then he got a backpack strapped to his front as well. And it it just reminded me of my old uh, student days when I used to be piled up with all of this gear. I used to be carrying a camera bag. I used to have a, a, a big backpacked and I had all my uh, clothes and things I mean quite honestly a lot of the time I was carrying stuff you know um, I was probably carrying far too much to be brutally honest that I didn't need to but there was this guy and he was going past the you know the the entrance to the to the ferry and it, it everything just lined up I got the right lens on and it was just and when I was looking at the photos later when I got back home. I hadn't actually realised there was a line of seagulls on the the shed with the with all of the graffiti on the side, just all lined up above. Which, you know, I think the photo actually shows the sort of environment that Malague is. And this is not being nasty to Malague because Malague is a fantastic. I, I would certainly recommend people. Go through and have a look. I mean, if you're visiting anyway to get the the ferry, it's certainly worth a look. Um, but it is, oh, like I say, a working port. So, and working ports don't tend to be um, too tidy. 
And I think this is a great example of where you've got this working environment, uh, people going on holiday and they're passing through port. I mean, they're a bit like airports, aren't they? Airports are usually a lot tidier, but they are... They're non-places, as one of my uh, old photography theory lecturers would uh, would call it. These are places, non-places, where you basically access them, but you don't really think about them. You're just using them. Railway stations, things like that. I always think it was a bit unfair to think of railway stations as a non-place, because I always find them fascinating. But, you know, a lot of people just go there, get on the train, and they don't really think about the environment or the architecture or anything like that. And a ferry port, ferry terminal is a bit like that. It's just something that you use. It's supposed to be functional, supposed to be, you know, it doesn't matter if it doesn't look great because you're not going to be staying there very, very long. But anyway, there was this guy packed full of uh, gear and everything. And when I actually walked round the corner, he'd put all of the stuff down and I think he was grabbing a cup of tea and a bacon butty. So, you know, he'd obviously made a journey across and was just waiting to to get on to the to the next bit. I actually think that this photo represents a lot of what was happening in the Highlands during that week that I was there. There was an awful lot of people who were having isolated holidays. They were using various different modes of transport to be able to facilitate this. Uh, the classic one is the camper van. There was lots of camper vans going around because you can get in a camper van and you can go off and you don't have to be around people. You can park up where you want. You know, there's plenty of places, laybys and things. Uh, you, you don't have to bother with a hotel. You don't have to bother with people to a certain extent. And there was this uh, social distant holiday um, attitude uh, the other one was the biker there was lots of bikers about you know where they'd strapped tents and all of their kit and everything to the back of the mic and hey presto they'd gone out I mean that looks absolutely fantastic it's my definition of freedom to be honest um, probably one of the best ways of seeing the highlands is by using a motorbike um, love to do it would need to pass my test but you know that's another story uh but yeah the fantastic thing was was you know people were obviously thinking how can i go up to the highlands and not actually be part of the problem to a certain extent it depends how you do it but i think a lot of people were going around and uh, in my case it was a very isolated holiday cottage no one else around you know, uh, follow all of the guidelines locally, etc., etc. Wear a mask when you're going in uh, shops and just be careful. And the other thing that we also did, we didn't stop anywhere where there was lots of people. Fort Augustus was another place that looked quite interesting to stop at, but it was just the sheer numbers of people that uh, stopped us. Um, the other one was Glenfinnan. I would have really have liked to photograph, uh, do some photographs at Glenfinnan. The first time we went, it was flooded out because of a huge amount of rainwater that had come down over the weekends. Literally, the, the river had burst its banks and was flooding the car park at Glenfinnan to what appeared to me was two or three feet. It was pretty deep. You wouldn't have wanted your car in there anyway. 
Um, there's a, another area that was further away from the river and uh, people were basically being told to, to leave Glenfin and they obviously were, were shutting up because of the, the state of the weather and it's quite marshy there anyway. So um, I imagine, you know, it wouldn't be fun going out and visiting the monument and having a walk around. So we didn't get to Glenfinnan, and that's the reason why I headed on to Malague. Um, and like I say, Malague is, you know, is a fascinating sort of like destination. It could, you know, it's not going, it, it's, you know, I'm I'm not going to say it's not pretty, because it isn't. It's a lovely place. It's just like I say, Malague is a, a working environment, and that makes it, you know, different it's somewhere where people pass through on their way to somewhere so now the second image that i'm going to talk about is shot in my leg as well and this had quite an unusual effect on me um this one is of lord of the isles um coming into to harbour the ferries are still running but i believe that you had to book there were some rules and regulations on the Calmac site. Can't remember what they are. I think they're still in, in force. But basically, you know, you weren't supposed to make the journey over to Sky unless, you know, you really had to. Um, even so, the ferries still seem to be very busy. But things like the shops, bars, cafes on board were all shut off. So it's not really um, a, a lot of fun. I mean, last year's trip over to Isla one of the highlights was going across on the ferry um i mean i always find traveling on ships fantastic anyway it's it, even if they're moving around a bit i'm quite a good sailor so um but this shot is lord of the isles and behind it is one of the mountains from the coolins and i think it's the red coolins it could be the black coolins though Really should have done some research before I started recording this. But anyway, it's Coolins. And it had quite quite a strange effect on me at the time. When I arrived at Malague, I knew that Malague was the ferry port through to Sky. And yet for some reason, I hadn't actually twigged that looking over the water, I was looking at the Isle of Sky. And it wasn't until I left the harbour and walked round the bay to where there's an, a very nice seated area where you can watch the ships come in and out um you know you can watch the the ferries arrive and uh, unload and then head off again and i was sat there and i suddenly realized that i was looking at the isle of sky and the only thing i can say for the emotion that i felt was it it, it was like you were rerunning an old family movie here i was looking at isle of sky somewhere where the last time i was there was 2015 and it was a totally different sort of world for me then still living in uh, north yorkshire uh still had my mum was still alive um hadn't moved up north i mean there's been an awful lot of change in my life both business wise and personal wise in the last five years and looking across just seemed to be like a reflection of the old world in a way 
um, which is just bizarre. Like I say, it, was, uh, it wasn't particularly melancholic. I actually said it was melancholic, I think, in my Instagram post. But thinking about it, uh, I suppose there was an element of that. But it, it's more that it just seemed like such a long time ago, even though it's just five years. It's a very, very strange feeling. And added to that, I think that Lord of the Isles was... I've come across Lord of the Isles before, and that was my first visit to the uh, to Isle of Skye. I was up at Ewig, and one of the Calmac ferries came in there. It was basically my first Calmac ferry that I that I saw up close. Um, and I th I'm sure it was Lord of the Isles. I've still got to check that, but I'm sure it was Lord of the Isles. So it's a bit full circle in a way. Isle of Skye, Lord of the Isles, that first holiday from up there in 2012. Um, like I say, uh, even 2012, only eight years ago, but it seems like it's 20 or 30, to be honest, looking back, such massive changes. So that was quite a, a poignant moment for me, you know, looking through the camera and it's suddenly dawning on me. Sometimes, you know, these things just arrive in front of you and... Um, I think photography has a good way of filtering these things and, you know, so although it just looks like a photo of a ferry, you know, with um, the coolings behind it, it's it's sort of got a very important um, undercurrent of history running with it, which, you know, I think, you know, Photography is it's all about that. It, like I say, I've said it before on the podcast. Photography often says an awful lot about the photographer. And uh, this sh shot for me is, like I say, it's almost like looking off at a distant land, which in, uh, I am, but in a completely different way. It's, it was a very, very strange um, emotion to, to look at. So the final image that I'm going to talk about is probably from my favourite moment of 2012. This year has been absolutely awful. Um, ever since March. In fact, I actually think it's worse now because, you know, there's almost that combat fatigue now uh, fitting in and kicking in. And I think also the fact that we are certainly nowhere near to the end of this it is probably going to go into 2021 the coronavirus pandemic um things like edinburgh christmas market have been cancelled there doesn't look as though there's going to be a great deal of uh, christmas cheer and i think you need to have something from a year no matter how bad it is but you need to have something uh to, to look back on and think, yeah, that, you know, at least it wasn't all bad. At least I was able to achieve something. And I've been able to achieve things, you know, business-wise and even my current setup-wise. I mean, at the moment, I've got uh, two monitors uh, now set up for work, which is fantastic, which is something I've always wanted to do and managed to do it this year. Managed to upgrade my computer, RAM and everything, so the machine's running a lot quicker. 
But I think actually getting out into the world and doing something and there's nothing more single minded that you can do when you forget everything else that's going on in your life than climbing a mountain. And especially if it's Ben Nevis, which is the highest mountain in the UK. It's 1,345 metres and it hurts going up. Let me tell you that, dear listener. It hurts. Um, now, originally, I thought I might have a go at it. But as the week was going along, I mean, it can be great weather down in the bottom of the glen. But when it comes to climbing a mountain, you sort of like need the best conditions possible. And that's what I was waiting for all week. My final day in uh, my final day in Fort William was the day that I was able to do it. Uh, it was started out early Thursday morning. And decided right from the start that I wasn't going to try and break any records. I was just going to take it steady away. Have plenty of rests. And probably the biggest problem that I faced was not only the uneven uh, pathway going up. Which made it quite tricky. You know, you've got to make sure that you don't twist an ankle or, or worse, you know, break one or fall over or something like that really hurt yourself but I think the other th problem that I had was um, a couple of years ago I went and injured my back my left leg has never been quite as strong as it used to be it's not it's very yeah it, it just doesn't seem to have that strength that my right leg um, does I think whether I slightly damaged a nerve or something along those lines. I don't really know, but, you know, it's certainly a lot better than it was a couple of years ago when I was having to walk with a stick. And I think if you'd have told me, you know, a couple of years ago that I would be, you know, going up Ben Nevis, I would find it quite impossible because I could barely get up the stairs, let alone, uh, you know, get up the highest mountain in the UK. But I found that, you know, it would start to ache an awful lot. So I was taking a lot of breaks, which slowed my progress. Um, I think also I was carrying a lot of weight. I was carrying the cameras. I was carrying about five litres of water, which I did need. I actually drank more than that. Uh, but five litres of water weighs a lot. I think a, a litre of water is a kilogram. So that's... You know, five kilograms of weight there just with, with liquids. So it took me quite a while to get up to the to the top. And once I got up to the top, I realised that I hadn't really got any idea about how long it would take me to, to get down. Fortunately, um, getting down was a lot quicker you still had to be had to be careful but it meant that i only had about 35 minute, minutes at the the summit before i had to start heading back and i had to rest i had to rest from climbing up this mountain i actually did quite well i think considering the weight i was carrying my age and also like saying you know the leg isn't uh firing at all cylinders but i got up there not a bad time um i just wish i'd have started off an, an hour earlier and because i think that would have made the difference 
So I got I got up there, basically had to rest, but I also wanted to take some photographs at the top of uh, Ben Nevis. So it was a case of walking about, doing as 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 much as I could um, during that thirty five minutes, and I took probably my favourite shot from the top, which is uh, Ben Nevis summit. I've even marked it on the Instagram thing as probably my favourite photo from the thirty five minutes spent at the top. It's a very, it's not as pretty a summit as Snowdon, but it is a very interesting summit. It, it's, it's very rocky. It's very uneven. You've got to be careful. I would certainly recommend taking a walking stick or preferably even two with you. And um, it's almost like a moonscape at the top. It's sort of like flat in a shape of um, kidney shaped, I suppose you could almost say. Uh, so you've got to be careful up there if the visibility is not great because you actually the path goes very very close to the edge when you uh, when you are arriving at the summit and apparently there's been some cases where in bad visibility people have literally walked off the edge, uh, which is you know horrible. So they have these cairns um, set up for for navigation so that you know you know where you uh, you know where you are and you've got some idea of you know. The direction that you need to go in. This picture was, I think this was taken when I was sat down, hence the lower angle. Uh, but just gives you an idea of, you know, people just taking in the, the, the landscape. And there are a few other images from the summit. I do wish I'd taken more. I do wish I'd shot some video. Um, but again, it's time constraint and also the other thing is resting and also starting to think about getting back down because, you know, you don't really conquer a mountain, <laughs> you know, if you conquer somewhere like Ben Nevis. But you, you don't really finish the job until you get back down to the car park and get in the, get in the car and, hey, presto, you've been to the top of the mountain and back. And the last thing I wanted to happen was stay too long and then end up getting about halfway down, because I didn't know how fast I would be able to get down the mountain, but get halfway down, and then suddenly the light go, because uh, it was starting to get dusk, or even worse, dark. Now, I got some lights with me, I got uh, a torch with me, but you don't want to be going over that sort of like, uh, those sort of like pathways in the dark. Um, you really need to, to do them, during daylight so I started back off down and it actually took me three hours which wasn't too bad incredibly tough on the knees um, I think if I did it again I would probably take some gels and things uh, to eat to revive energy energy gels you know like uh, uh, cyclists and uh, runners do because I think you need to continually boost the your energy consumption is off the roof. You know, it's 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 massive because, you know, you're climbing up and then even descending is really, really hard on the lower part of your body uh, to such an extent, you know, that your, your legs feel like jelly. Certainly the last two or three kilometers, it's really, really hard. And I'm just glad that I didn't put my 80 to 200 f 2.8 big zoom lens in because that would have probably killed me. 
I did think about weight when I was heading off with the camera equipment and I decided one body, it was very tempting to take two, it would have been great to take two because it would have meant, you know, no lens uh, swapping or anything like that. But I really just didn't want the weight. I wanted to try and keep everything as light as possible. Uh, like I say, probably the heaviest thing that was in the in the bag was the water. And as you use that, as you get rid of it, um, the bag becomes, you know, your bergen becomes uh, less heavy. Camera gear, it's always going to be the same weight. So I decided I wasn't going to take my big 80 to 200 f point two point eight whatever it is uh and i was going to take uh, a little 80 to 200 nikon lens it's a little plastic thing that i got years ago i think the only reason why i got the lens was it was about 55 quid it was quite cheap but i found it quite useful on occasion because one it's very small and two it's very light it's not as good a lens quality as the big one but it's similar focal length but it's just physically a lot smaller and a lot lighter. And that is really handy on occasions if you're carrying stuff. It's great for sticking in your pocket. You certainly can't do that with the, the other the other one. It's it's massively heavy and bulky. Probably my favourite lens. But there's places and times where it just isn't good to take it. So I decided that I would take this small lens and I'll take a 35mm lens with me, with me as well and went to work with that and just shot using those lenses and that was that was great it worked out fantastic in the 35 minutes that I was up there also had the mobile phone as well which took some uh, sh some shots like I say the only thing that I really regret is I didn't shoot any video which would have been um, great to do but that was a great end to the Fort William holiday was climbing Ben Nevis. Like I say, being under and seeing the mountain every day, it was almost taunting me to climb it. And I was just really, really glad that from this year, which has been absolutely awful for everybody, um, you know, it's it's really been a, uh, probably one of the worst years that most people can remember. To have something that you're able to... To look back and think, yeah, I did that, uh, you know, is fantastic. There were a number of occasions where I was seriously considering turning back. It is a bit of a fight going up a mountain. It's it's not only a physical one, but it's a mental one as well. You've, you've sort of like got to keep at it. And people were, you know, saying, you know, you're not that far away. You're not that far away. Keep on going. Um, apparently about a third of all people who start climbing a mountain don't get to the top. So, you know, there's about 150,000, according to Wikipedia, at least, 150,000 people uh, used, uh, try and get to the top of Ben Nevis, but only about two-thirds of that number actually make it to the top. So I was really, really pleased to be able to, to do that and I actually it took me a few days to recover I'll admit uh, most of it was the legs in fact it was all the legs um, but I think if I was going to do it again and I would really like to do it again 
I think there's one or two things that I would do just to uh, to make life a lot easier f- for myself. Uh, probably not carry as much water because you can get water from mountain streams up there. You, I would also carry a lot of energy foods, something that um, I could eat on the move that would give my energy a boost. Uh, you've got to think of it almost like a marathon in a way. Um, I didn't really take enough food with me. Certainly took enough water, certainly a lot more than other people. I mean, there were some people who were only a third of the way up and they'd drank all of their water because they'd only brought, you know, a couple of litres with them. Um, but I've got an idea what it entails now. So I would definitely like to do it again and go up there, spend some more time at the summit, shoot some more pictures, shoot some video and just generally think yeah i've seen everything that i want to see um i mean at the summit i didn't even go to the eastern edge of the summit and have a look down and and take in the view uh because there just wasn't time i was able to do you know three sides it was basically the the fourth side that um i couldn't do so yeah i think ben nevis there's definitely potential for another climb at another point, and I know what to expect now. Um, and there's a few, like I say, there's a few things that I would I would change, um, and also gear-wise, um, I could probably come up with a few other things that I would, you know, take with me if if possible. It all comes down to weight, folks. Um, weight is. You know, you've physically got to carry it up there. So, and the less that you carry, the easier it is on you. Um, because the bag, my army, former army Bergen, I mean, is fantastic. It's, it's tough as old boots. Um, it will see me out probably. Uh, it's something I got years ago. Actually, funnily enough, speaking of taking something from uh, a really bad year, you know, that you think of a highlight, 2016 was absolutely awful for me because I lost my mum uh, to cancer. But the one thing that I do take from it is is I managed to find a second-hand British Army Bergen in olive uh, drab, in olive drab, for... Um, not that much money at a, a an army and navy store in Norfolk, and it's I mean it was a it's a fantastic bag. It was a fantastic backpack. It's one that I saw being used when I shot the the TA uh, photos that have uh, been going on Instagram recently that I shot back in 1996, and I'd always wanted one of those Bergens because it's it's one of those things where you buy it once and it will last you a lifetime. And uh, yeah, it's slightly heavier than it's it's probably a lot heavier actually, come to think of it, than a lot of the modern bags, but it's also a hell of a lot tougher. And it's been all over with me over the last uh, four years, been up to Scotland, but now it's been up to the top of Ben Nevis. And uh, so there's a bit of correlation between the two there as well. The bag, my Bergen, was the best thing to come out of uh, 2016, finding that uh, at that Army and Navy store along uh, the seashore at uh, East Runton, I think it was, in Norfolk. And then... 
four years later, it's at the top of Ben Nevis with me doing the mountain climb and doing the best thing that will probably come out of 2020 for me. So I think that's a great way to end the podcast. You've got to have these small victories, folks, in times like this. You've got to have them. Otherwise, you'll go mad. So those are the three photos. I know I was only going to talk about two, but I might as well just add that third one because they're all in a row now. Um, So they're easy to find on my Instagram uh, account, which is if I... I better make sure that the address is correct. It is instagram.com forward slash Richard Flint photo. And if you have a look there... Those three images, like I say, are all together in order. The Ben Nevis one starts first. The Lord of the Isles with Isle of Skye in the background is second. And the man with the carrying all of the gear past the uh, port entrance at Malaig is the third one. So check those out if you're interested. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And I will be back with another podcast very soon. Take care and I'll see you soon.